grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. This is one of the most beloved, remembered stories in all of the gospel accounts, even though it only appears in the gospel of Matthew. Jesus has had a long day. Anybody ever have a long day? Yeah, Jesus has had a long day. You see, Jesus began the day by learning that his cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. So he's lost his good cousin and good friend, John the Baptist. Then, when he's leaving with the disciples after hearing this news, a crowd of about, you know, 5,000, including men and women and children, uh, so that number is even more than 5,000, they all kind of swarm to him. And Jesus, even though in his grief, he looks at this crowd and has compassion on them. He has compassion on them, and he, and he does a miracle, a miracle that they all took place in, they all participated in, a miracle that started with just five loaves and two fish. Now, after that, Jesus sends the, boat, the disciples out into a boat. Our text says, he made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Now here, this is important to look at the Greek. Anybody, is anybody here a parent? You know, okay. Anybody here have parents? Okay. And you know what you mean when, you know, the kids will come up to you and say, they made me do it. And how many of you parents have said, well, just like your mom's before you or dad's before you. Well, if your friends jumped off the bridge, would you too? They didn't make you do it. You know, those kind of things. Jesus made the disciples get on the boat. The Greek is very emphatic. Jesus was literally almost to the point of physically shoving them onto the boat. He made them get on the boat. So remember, this was a big day filled with loss and miracle. Jesus needed time to be alone and pray. That's why he was pushing them, basically shoving them in the boat. Go over there. So Jesus sends the disciples away across the Sea of Galilee. Now fast forward. In our story, it's about three in the morning. The gospel story says that we're on our fourth watch of the night. Okay, so we're there. And all of a sudden, during that 3 a.m. fourth watch, the disciples notice a shadow moving on the water toward them. Now remember, they haven't heard this story before because it's just now happening. So <laughs> so they, they see this, this figure, and it looks like a person. It looks like a person, so they're like, it's a ghost. Now, let's be honest. Again, they haven't seen Independence Day. They haven't seen Man of Steel. They haven't seen any of these movies. They don't know what trick photography is. So the only thing that they could possibly fathom, no one's walked on water before. So they think, logically, it's a ghost. And they do what many of us, I think, would do in that circumstance. Ah! They cry out in fear. They cry out in fear. And immediately, thanks be to God, Jesus was right there and he goes, Calm down. It is I. And then I love this next part. In Matthew's gospel, he wants us to know something. Matthew wants us to know that it takes eyes of faith to recognize when Jesus is around. Because even, even though physically they were seeing what they were seeing, they could not believe their eyes. Maybe you've had that moment in your life where you just can't believe your eyes. And so it takes eyes of faith to see that it's actually Jesus in their midst. So often in the middle of a storm, battered by waves of disappointment and doubt, 
we are no better at recognizing Jesus' presence than they were. So Jesus hears their fearful cries and identifies himself. And Peter says something that I really, really, really want to kind of hone in on today. And there's so much to the story. I could, I could totally go non-denominational and preach for 45 minutes. But Peter says, I got one amen. All right, good. Peter says this, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Jesus called Peter. Jesus called Peter to do something extraordinary, to walk on water, and he does it. Let's not be dismayed. Let's not think of this and gloss right over it. Let's not think, oh, yeah, he walked on water. He walked on water. It's not like that old joke that talks about, you know, people walking out on the water with stones underneath. No, this is really walking on water. And this is not a story about extreme sports. This is a story about extreme discipleship. It's about calling out to God, hearing God's calling voice to calling to us, and following the Lord's command, God's will, God's call. And what faith Peter must have had, what faith he must have had after a huge day of highs and lows, and in the middle of a stormy night on a boat with 11 other guys, to take such a risk, literally putting himself out there. But you see, water walking requires not only the courage to take a risk, but also the wisdom to discern a call. Let me tell you a story. Everyone knows that when you see St. Peter at the Golden or at the Pearly Gates, you know what that means, right? You ain't living anymore. That's right, you're dead. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. It's always good when the praise man speaks up. All right, so... You know he's, you're dead. So there's a man who appears at the pearly gates before St. Peter. And St. Peter asks the man, well, have you done anything of particular merit? And the man says, well, I can think of one thing. I once came upon a group of high testosterone uh, bikers who were threatening a young woman. I directed them to leave her alone, but they wouldn't listen. So I approached the most largest, most heavily tattooed biker there was, and I smacked him on the head. I kicked his bike over, and I ripped out his nose ring and threw it on the ground, and I told him, you leave her alone now, or you'll have to answer to me. St. Peter was impressed. Well, when did this happen? The man said, oh, just a couple minutes ago. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's good, okay. <laughs> there is a big, big difference. I, I, some of you are explaining the joke to the people beside you. <laughs> Just let it sink in for a minute. <laughs> there is a big, big difference between faith and foolishness. And the difference it is discerning God's calling voice. Together, we as a congregation... And pastor, we have been going through a discernment process for almost two years now. Who will fill that vacant corner office? Oh, who will fill that corner office? And lead this congregation in mission and ministry. The call committee and council have worked diligently and prayerfully during this time. They are looking to not just simply fill that office, but put the person God is calling into that office. It's been a difficult process for them. 
for me and for many of you as well. But this is a discerning time. And I don't know about you, but a lot of time my prayer at night, especially when facing tough life decisions, is, Lord, please make your way so obvious to me that even I can't miss it. How many of us are good at missing it? Lord, make your way so obvious to me that even I can't miss it. What I have discerned through prayer and scripture and wise counsel is that just as I have been called to this place, I am now being called from this place. I was called to this place almost five years ago with the intent on staying here 15 years or longer. I was coming to a place that is familiar to me, a place where I had done my MIC work, and that doesn't end K-E-Y. MIC means ministry in context. It's where the seminary sticks you for two years to get comfortable leading worship. And I'll never forget the first day I stepped here at St. Paul. It was like the first weekend in January, and we were having a snowstorm, and I had no idea how to get here. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, because you kind of have to find this place, don't you? Yeah, and I was like, where are they sending me? And I remember I walked in, and Pastor Charlie was like, hello. And I'm like, hi, I'm Aaron Lane. And he was like, he always looked down on me. Um, <laughs> he was like, who? And I said, Aaron Lane, you're a seminary student from Trinity Lutheran Seminary, best seminary in the ELCA. He said, yes, I graduated from there too. So, and I'm like, I've been assigned to you. And he's like, oh, okay. I'm like, what do you want me to do? He's like, I have no idea. <laughs> so I, I will never forget it, and I really never let him forget it. But from there, it was, a good, it was a good match. So I was here for almost two years. This is the place where uh, my wife Marcy and I got married on a very hot July day. It's a place where I was the original drummer of the praise band. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And in a shelter house that was orientated differently. Um, and I actually remember preaching on this, and... Uh, Penny Christensen smiling at me while I was preaching on it. And I, I made the congregation go like this, like the wind and the waves. And you thought that was really cool. Um, uh, and now I'm off script. Okay. Um, uh, Marcy and I were actually in the uh, congregational picture for the 150th anniversary back in 2002. And our picture is with you as a congregation hanging up in the office. I even remember when Velda was in the church basement. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know, now she has the first office you see, and she runs the office. And to top it all off, I was going to be called here to St. Paul to work with my past supervisor and now friend, Pastor Charlie Woodward. Since I've been here, I've enjoyed myself very much, and I've been blessed to work alongside you in proclaiming the gospel, learning God's will, and ministering to all with God's love, doing God's work with our hands. I've enjoyed preaching and teaching, visiting and presiding, and praying for you and with you. Today at the 11 o'clock service, uh, that will be my 42nd baptism that I've officiated since I've been here. Uh, in my time here, 44 young men and women have confirmed or made an affirmation of their faith, um, affirmation of their baptisms. I love our confirmation program here, and if you have not been a mentor, uh, please consider stepping up because it is a fabulous, fabulous group of wonderful young men and women. We have so much fun learning about Luther's small catechism, the Bible, and what it means to be a lifelong disciple of Jesus Christ. The high schoolers, if you have not been over to the underground, it is a fantastic room. They put their blood, sweat, money, and tears into that place. Please visit it and uh, pat them on the back. They are a fabulous group of young people who are eager to know more 
to love more and to show that love that they themselves have from God to others. In my time here, it's also been an honor to have officiated and presided over 19 weddings and 15 funerals. When my mother died this past Monday, Thursday, unexpectedly, many, many of you uh, gave me and my family such encouragement, either through your presence, through a card, or from both. Your prayers were and still are very welcome. So from the blessing of the animals, to the hog roast, to the ministry fair, to Lenten dramas, to live nativities, from confirmation camps and Christmas Eve services, with all this history and fondness, why go? Because God is calling you to. I felt the tug of God to be where I am going. As I stated in my letter to the congregation earlier this week, Marcy and I have prayed long and hard about this. We sought wise counsel and we clearly sense that this is God's voice. And so because of our love for Jesus and the church, we have decided to answer this call with obedience. And while it's exciting to be on God's agenda, it's also very, very difficult. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is a difficult decision because we love you and we love the ministry that we do with you. In our gospel story for today, Peter was not abandoning ship when he got out of the boat. Instead, he was faithfully obedient to the Lord's calling and command to come. That's what I'm doing. It would be easy to stay in the boat like the other 11 disciples. But God calls us to follow. And if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. So let's look at the story a little bit more. Jesus calls, Peter obeys, and what happened? By God's grace through faith in Christ, Peter does the unbelievable. He actually walks on water. It had never been done before. Through Christ's calling, Peter discerning God's will, the impossible happened. St. Paul Lutheran Church, like Peter, I am not abandoning ship, but following Christ's call. And I hope that you would do the same. We must follow Christ's call, whatever that means for your life. And if you don't hear God's calling voice, seek it. Seek it in prayer. Seek it in scripture. Seek it in each other as a fellowship of believers. We must follow Christ's call. To be water walkers like Peter doesn't mean that you're some kind of spiritual thrill seeker. Rather, it means that you are one who listens for Christ's calling voice, discerns that it is Christ's voice that you're hearing, and then with faith and courage, you obey. St. Paul Lutheran Church, just as I have a calling, so do you, both individually and corporately. 160 plus years of ministry in this place doesn't happen by chance. God is in charge. And if any of you are thinking it's time to leave St. Paul because Powell isn't going to be here anymore, then I have failed. And it is about God. God brought me here. God's leading me to a new place. God has brought you here as well. And I'm certain that God will continue to do great things here, especially when the people of St. Paul Lutheran Church are faithful to God's leading. I've been blessed to be this church's pastor, knowing that here in this place that God is in charge. May we not make the same mistake Peter made when he took his eyes off of Christ and began to sink. But at the same time, let's acknowledge the fact that we're all sinners in need of a great Savior, and we have one. And when we fail to look at Christ and start to go downwards, may we, like Peter, be quick to cry out for the Lord, Lord, save me. 
And just like he did with Peter, feel God's embrace around you. For Christ is risen. Well done. Well done. Well done. I snuck that in on you. Good job. In Christ, we have forgiveness and life everlasting. And that's what it's all about. May we all listen for God's voice in our lives, discern the calling of Christ, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, follow with courage and confidence. Amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.